and welcome to the Sauk Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sauk Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sauk Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Angie Schneider, who is the supervisor of Sterling of the Sterling Township. Angie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Can you uh, just give us a quick snapshot? Who are you? Who do you love? Give us a quick intro. Sure. I was actually born and raised here in Sterling, went to Sterling Public Schools, and I met my husband there. We weren't dating in high school, but started dating after high school. Um, after graduating, I went to Sauk Valley Community College and then Northern Illinois University from there, and I've, I've been here in Sterling. Like I said, most of my life, uh, my husband and I have three children. Mm-hmm. Uh, my oldest is 19. I have a 17-year-old and a 7-year-old. And so for me, the most important things in my life um, are my family, mm. my faith, and, and I, lo- I love our community. Mm. Beautiful. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got involved in your role now as the supervisor of Sterling Township. What was the journey from uh, being a, a, a local, went to college here, went, a, went away to college, came on back, got invested in the community? What, what was the journey that led you to now your role at the Sterling Township? Mm-hmm. So I started working at the township actually right after college, and and I did a little bit of every job. So that really prepared me for where I am today, mm. um, just knowing every f- component of the township. Um, so I've been supervisor now only for two years, though. I ran in the election four years prior to that and did not win. Mm. And, um, and I think that was a valuable lesson, too, just... To tell people that if they're passionate about something, to just not give up and just yeah. try again, even if it doesn't work out the first time. Um, it's always a learning experience. Did you keep working after you lost that election? Were you still at the township? Yes. Okay. So yeah. t- tell me a little bit about that experience, running for the position, it's an elected position, mm-hmm. and not getting it, and then serving under a competitor, so to speak, mm-hmm. who, you know... Maybe they had a similar uh, ideals to you. Maybe they had different ideals. But oh, tell me about that little uh, part of the story. It was challenging at first. I mean, I was disappointed that yeah. it didn't work out the way I thought it would. Um, but it, it really wasn't an issue at all. Um, we all got along well. Uh, the last election was challenging, but it's still a learning experience. and And I really... Um, discovered that I needed to just really work harder and during the election and ask for help. So when, when you do something, sometimes the first time you don't really know what you don't know. So mm. uh, the last election, I, I knocked on probably a thousand doors and just talked to people. And it, and it was really amazing experience because I got to meet a lot of amazing people in our community. And so many people were just really nice and supportive. And and it was it's overall a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was two years ago. You're talking mm-hmm. about that, that election, knocking on a thousand doors. Yeah. Tell me, where did that idea come from? Um, what was some of the the stories that came out of that of, of uh, even just meeting people or getting ideas of what the needs of the community were? I actually got that idea from uh, a representative for our state. She said that I contacted her and she said that's really how to win elections is just to go out and talk to the people and so that's what I did. It was mm. a little intimidating for me, mm. um, but I was met with a lot of positive interactions and and just telling people what I wanted to accomplish if I was to win the election. So. Yeah. Do you do you consider yourself more of an extrovert or more of an introvert? I'm definitely an introvert. So. So this was a big 
difference for you? Yes, it was. It was definitely outside of my comfort zone, but I think it's important to get outside of our comfort zones mm. and just push ourselves to to be better. Mm. So, why do you think why do you think that we need to do that? Mm, because no matter what experience you have, whether it's good or bad, I think you're going to learn something mm-hmm. and just even if you're learning more about yourself and and to meet people and yeah. 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 Okay. And so now you've been in this position for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that maybe, um, or maybe actually just cause I'm still new to the area and I'm still trying to figure out how all the things connect. Um, and there's so many different either civic groups or, uh, city, uh, official and offices and stuff. So what are the main focuses of the Sterling township? Like what are the things that Sterling township focuses on for this community? Sure. So we actually have three main responsibilities. Um, the, the part that I oversee is called general assistance, and it is financial assistance for those that may be struggling to pay their basic needs, such as rent, utilities, food, things like that. Um, we also have a highway department that takes care of all the roads outside of city limits. A lot of people, I would say, don't know the difference between the city of Sterling and Sterling Township, so mm-hmm. that's really confusing for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And... Um, so the city, once the city limits stop, then the township takes care of those roads. So that would be like your Woodlawn Road area, um, Science Ridge, Fulfs Road, areas like that. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the assessor's office that her responsibility is to have the assessed value for all the properties inside the township and then maintain accurate data. So like when there's building permits and things like that. And then they also help with exemptions for for seniors and different things. So Wow. Okay. So there's lots of actually uh, seemingly not connected focuses. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of almost uh, getting your arms around um, a lot of different uh, needs at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so especially, I mean, it, it ranges from infrastructure of roads to property values to financial assistance for individuals. Yes. And another thing I forgot to mention is we maintain Riverside Cemetery. So that's another thing that's okay. it's very different. Um, the cemetery is about 45 acres and it's a really old cemetery. We actually have graves that date back to the Civil War area. So oh my gosh. I enjoy just walking through there or riding my bike through there. It's peaceful and, and just looking at all the old markers and yeah. so much history. So That is crazy. I did not realize yeah. that. Man, all these little uh, hidden gems uh, that I get to hear from these conversations. Um, During your time, maybe then, um, in the last two years of Supervisors Trailing Township, what's a challenge that maybe you guys have have met head on or been able to overcome? So I would say one of the biggest challenges that I knew I would have going into this was our building. So we we had three buildings, and no building by themselves really met our needs. Mm. And then, of course, with three buildings, you're having all these duplicated expenses. And Mm -hmm. so my goal was to just have one building. So the first thing I did was like, well, could we make one of our current buildings work? So our our building, which has been sometimes called the Center for Youth Building, which is next to the post office, that was our biggest building. Um, But I discovered an elevator was really outside of the budget for Mm -hmm. that. And uh, it would just make more sense long term to have a building on one level. So we decided that just, just, we needed to sell all of our buildings and then find a new building that would work for us. So that, that whole process to even find a building, I would say, yeah. took about a year. 
And then we purchased the building that was Fun Jump last year. Yeah, on Lynn Boulevard. Yeah. Yep. And so it's taken an entire year to come up with our new building plans, have those plans approved by engineers and code enforcement, and find out all the legal requirements of what we have to do to bid out the project. And and so I'm really excited that they're going to start construction next week. Oh, wow. So okay, so here in June of 2023, we're actually going to get started on that. Yes. And I've seen that sign. It's like the future home. Yeah. You know, for like... A year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, full, a while now. Um, but the construction is expected to end in, in December. Okay. So we're, we're headed in the right direction. Um, it's really taken a lot longer than I, I thought it mm. would. Um, but I guess part of of being in this role is to just be patient with the process too. So. Well, and, and you're talking about these kind of more uh, internal challenges of, of space, uh, office space, communication, duplicated expenses, and trying to find a new building, do all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, that doesn't even touch all the actual responsibilities that the township has. Right. You know, you're still having to take care of other things during that time. How has that uh, balancing act been in the last years of trying to do things for the office while the office itself is still trying to do work for the community. It's definitely been challenging. Definitely. There's a lot of work always that needs done and always things that we, we could be working on. So definitely it's been a challenge. Yeah. What are some things that you, you wish more people knew about Sterling Township, whether it's just even knowing of the, the uh, opportunities and resources that are there or, uh, maybe even just knowing who to give credit to when something happens, you know? I wish a lot of people knew, first of all, that, that we're here to help people. Mm. So when someone is struggling, you know, with a need, we're here to help. And and one thing that's important to me is just that everyone's treated well with respect. And, and we're we're caring people that, that want to help. And so I don't want people to feel like ashamed or embarrassed when they need help paying paying a bill, you know, because mm. that's why we're there. So uh, another thing that I want people to know, I guess, is that we are different from the city of Sterling. We we have separate functions. Um, I, I believe we're supportive of each other. And so that's a, a great thing. Um, we, as a township, it's really important to me to, to just connect with other organizations and see how we can work together to make our community a better place. Yeah. It, it seems like there's lots of Lots of different uh, organizations um, who are focusing on the similar things of trying to support the community on an individual basis, on a regional basis. How has that process been in trying to work together across organizational lines or even across community lines? Has that been an easy process? Are other people willing to work together too? Or is that kind of even just trying to convince people, hey, we're, we're duplicating efforts here? Well, I think it's important not to duplicate efforts at all possible. And um, I, I found that people are, are really willing to work together. And mm. um, just recently, a couple months ago, I, we have uh, four and a half acres of land at our new building. Mm. And so I'd like to use that space. And it's like, well, what can we do? And I thought, well, let's have a community garden. So I reached mm. out to the University of Illinois Extension office and they're like, yeah, they just ran with it. And they're like, we would love to help you with that. We have master gardeners that can help teach people how to garden. We, I know someone that um, Sterling Gardens, they're willing to till it up for you. And um, CGH Health Foundation helped buy some of our supplies. So it just came together really wow. easily. And I just love 
how everyone just is so willing to work together on, mm. on something. So what, what has given you your personal passion for this role? What, what is the thing that lights you up when, you know, is it the, the oversight of the infrastructure or the, you know, the, the land and stuff that you guys are overseeing? Is it the individual connecting with people who are getting assistance for bills and stuff? What is it the thing that, that uh, gives you the most passion and excitement in your role? Well, I just, I, I know that we can make a difference and I think it's important to do everything that you can to just make our community a better place. And so that's been, I think one of the biggest passions that I've had is how do we, we help our community? What does our community need? And that's a, it's a passionate thing to, to find out about, but it's also a difficult thing to find out about what, Mm. what do we need that's not being met because we live in a, a community that has a lot of resources and that's good. Uh, but just where do we fit is just kind of the biggest challenge with moving forward. And one thing that I'd like to really tackle is how do we help youth in our community? So mm. we just recently put together a youth committee whose purpose is to just discover that. How do we help youth? And yeah. um, we're just getting started with that. So we have a long ways to go. But I believe our new building is going to be a resource for everyone and including youth. Mm-hmm. I, I hear a lot where youth are like, well, you know, we need we need a place to go. So maybe we just meet that need in a simple way of a place to go that's safe and that could be fun. And maybe we can provide some education on, on things that they aren't learning somewhere else where just basic things like maybe financial literacy or uh, social skills or just to, to connect with each other because I think it's important to connect with other people I think sometimes we're so caught up in electronics that we are missing the social interactions that we need. And I think that that pertains to youth as well. So do you, I mean, cause you're, you're a mom of two teenagers and, and a younger one as well. Do you see that in your own kids kind of educational journey and like their friend groups and stuff of kind of that need for connection, that need for uh, a third space that they can go to besides school and home? I do. I think, I think that youth would, would really benefit from a place like that. So. Mm. How, how do you go about uh, finding out what those needs are? Is it, and I know that you're still in the beginning of this, this new youth committee. Um, and I was talking with uh, Alan Perzuka a little bit about this as well. He's really excited about it as well. Um, do you go about uh, getting focus groups of parents, of youth? Is it both? Like what, what's the first step that you guys are doing in, in that direction? We really want to do both. We feel it's important to ask the youth themselves what they need because we can we can think we know what they need and then they're telling us a completely different thing. So, um, but it's also important I think to find out from parents. You know, um, if we had a place like this, what do you think we need to do? I mean, are you able to bring your child and pick your child up and and different things that are important to make it work? So yeah, yeah, because I mean the new locations you know, up on Limboard, kind of that north end of town. It's not in walking distance of any of the schools except for maybe Newman, um, although that's a bit of a hike. Um, and so it, it's different maybe than where your location was before, kind of in the center of everything downtown there. Um, yeah, it presents a, a new set of challenges. Um, do you find yourself, your personality as someone who likes to uh, take on challenges like that and, and figure out the solutions? Or how do you go about kind of uh, new initiatives like this? Are you, are you more of a, a team consensus type of leader? Well, I know I definitely can't 
figure this out myself. <laughs> mm. I think it takes a lot of people to to tackle a challenge and and move forward to the next steps. And I've definitely relied on other people to help get us here where we are now. And and Alan, you mentioned him. He's part of our committee. He's been instrumental in putting this committee together. And and he's the extrovert that's kind of making it work. And so I really appreciate that. I think it's important to use other people's strengths where where maybe you have a weakness. So yeah. What, what is, uh, what is the challenge of a person who's, you know, your supervisor, you have people underneath you, you have, uh, responsibilities, you're balancing budgets and stuff like that. There's almost a, a risk though, in choosing to be a team leader, like, and, uh, relying upon, uh, other people because, you know, for certain things at the end, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. And so when you, open up and invite uh, input or other people's personalities um, whose salaries maybe aren't tied to that project kind of thing. How do you, how do you handle just the, the challenge and the risk maybe of opening up to other, other voices? Does that come naturally to you to, to open up to other voices? It does because I think we all maybe have something maybe that they can offer that, someone else didn't think of the more thoughts the better and um and you know sometimes you might head a direction and it, and it doesn't work out when you had that direction and you just you know head a new direction so there's mm. always um there's definitely challenges with that but yeah um, and you, you you mentioned before too that like uh when there's a, a quote-unquote failure it's not a failure it's a a, a learning opportunity Right. Um, is that something that comes naturally to you as a person of kind of the brush yourself off and keep moving type of thing? Or is, or is that something that you've had to learn over time? Definitely something that I've had to learn. Mm. I, um, I I would say I'm pretty hard on myself, so it's not always easy to just let something go and move on. But I think it's important to learn how to do that for sure. Mm. Has, what's been the thing that's helped you the most in still moving forward? You know, was it... Uh, I mean, I know for me, one of the most humbling things for me was becoming a parent, mm. you know, and having kids that don't always listen to you, you know, and things like that. And just even recognizing my own limitations as a human when I don't have enough sleep, you know, those types of things, <laughs> really, really humbling, you know? Yeah. So um, ha has it been in your professional life that you've had to learn to kind of dust yourself off and keep going? Has it been through your education time? Yeah, I guess I just, things don't always go the way you think they're going to go or as quickly as you think they're going to go that direction. And, and I think being a leader is just all about keeping moving forward, you know? So, mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to turn now to kind of just talk about our area. Um, Cause you've been a local here this whole time mm -hmm. and you, you live and work here. And so as, as you've lived here, worked here in the Sauk Valley area, what is something that you think is still maybe missing from this community or, or that you would change if you could? Mm. I think that's a tough question because I would like to see maybe more opportunities for fun things to do for mm. families, but I, I don't know that I can necessarily identify what that looks like. So mm. I think sometimes it's easier to to say what a problem is, but to have a solution is a is a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and that's another thing that I've I've heard that sentiment that there's almost there's this stereotype that floats around of oh there's nothing to do here. And then the response is always, there's tons to do here. Mm -hmm. And and usually that comes by way of saying, oh, hey, there's these 
Main Street pop-up festivals or uh, farmer's markets or Dixon having the, the Wednesday night, you know, summer markets kind of things. There's festivals. There's, you know, Selmy's does stuff in the fall a lot. And, but at the same time, at the same time too, it seems all kind of based around a theme of let's go down to the riverfront. There's some food trucks, some easy ups, maybe some music. And if that's not your family's vibe, I could see how it's like, well, if that's the only thing to do, maybe there still isn't something to do for us or there (laughs) is still needs. Um, Do you feel like, uh, there's a, a certain kind of family age group that has the most need right now. You, you, you've been mentioning like the need for things for youth to do. I'm yeah. assuming like teenagers, you know, that yeah. don't necessarily want to go uh, down the, the hill slide at Selmy's, you know, in a, in a, <laughs> you know, a, sack, a flower sack kind of thing. Maybe they feel they're too old for that kind of thing. Right. I do think there, there could be more opportunities for youth for fun things to do. Um, and you mentioned the riverfront, and we love to ride our bikes down there and listen to the music and have food trucks. So I think there's been a lot of great things that, a lot of great changes to our community just in recent years that everyone has put a lot of hard work into that I'm excited about. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, then let's let's flip the coin to the other side. What are some things that uh, get you excited about the Sauk Valley area, whether it's here in Sterling or even the surrounding area? What, what things give you hope? I love the new bike paths that we've we've had, and, and they're adding on to them. So that's that's a great thing. Uh, we love to ride our bikes and do everything outside. Um, I really love uh, our schools. I think we have great school district, mm. and that are passionate about kids, and they have great teachers, and and I think we have great parks. We really have a lot of things that are going well for our community. Mm. So. Yeah, lots of outdoor activities yeah. and there's definitely a focus on um the next generation in this community yes. there's a focus on the schools there's a focus on parks um and so it's just trying to figure out you know where are there still needs and stuff you yeah. know yeah absolutely maybe we need more things to do inside in the winter time when oh, it's cold <laughs> that is true my my first winter here you know just this last winter because i moved here in the fall um there was a couple times where i said all right kids let's um go to the mall and <laughs> walk around a little bit, you know, but also, I mean, I have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. And so loaded up the little guy in the stroller and my daughter was fine, just literally walking around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I got her a gumball from the little dispenser machine, that made her day. So, you know, that's a different <laughs> the simple thing. Yeah. yeah. Little, yeah. Different uh, needs there for, for my age group. Um, well, uh, as we close, could, uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you guys, whether it's um, get in touch with you about this new, youth committee, um, if they want to have their voice heard, um, where would you send them um, to connect with you? Or if they want to hear more about the projects that Sterling Township is getting involved in, how would, how would people contact you best? Sure. We have a Facebook page and we try to be active on that. Um, we also have a website, sterlingtownship.com. Mm. If anyone has any any ideas or anything they want to speak to me about, my email is really easy to remember. It's just supervisor at sterlingtownship.com. We're mm. always always available to just talk about ideas or concerns and, and how to move forward. Absolutely. Are there any projects coming up that you want to make sure people are aware of the township is working on right now? Um, not well. Just uh, I mentioned earlier, we have our new community garden. It's our first, our first year for that. So um there's, of course, been a little rain this year, so um, yeah. 
maybe next year we can get more people involved in, in that. So, And that's right there on, on Lynn Boulevard, right? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Well, uh, Angie, thank you just so, so much for sharing your story with us today and for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, until next time on the Sauk Valley Spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place that we call home. Home.